Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, Jinx. Oh. oh. You owe me a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm not going to buy you a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that in Appalachia they call Coke dope? No. My brother taught me that today. And at, like Appalachia, like North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Do they? Yep. They I also say um, poke is a bag. Hmm. So a poke a dope is a bag of soda. Oh. I also say sody water. Sody water. Sody water. No, no. My cousin went to App State and Cece went to App State mm. for her master's. I wonder if either of them picked that up. I have a feeling they don't say sody water in grad school, but... Maybe not. Anyway. How I've, are you feeling? Um, I'm good. I'm surviving. Going strong. Blaze took me to the, to his work, aka the hospital, and they put me on some nice meds, so we'll see how long that lasts. But otherwise, I'm all right. Um, how are you? Uh, comparatively, I'm fine. You're... Not great. Geo also has a puppy cold. Yeah, everyone's sick. Everyone's sick. It's because Mer- Mercury's in retrograde. Is it? It is. That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, today, that would that would explain today, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. We can't talk about it because I don't know who listens at work, but let's just say work was a doozy. It's a doozy. Uh, also, we got the wine glasses in, and I'm just so excited. We did. You're drinking your wine out of one of our wine glasses. I am drinking my wine out of an, and that's why we drink wine glass. They're on sale online, and that's why we drink bigcartel.com. Get mm-hmm. your hands on them. We got a really cool thing in the mail. Mm, we didn't did. We? we did. We did. We did. To our P.O. box. Which is? Uh, 1920 Hillhurst Ave, number 265, Los Angeles, California, 90027. Okay. We should make a song. Well, you just did it. Uh, Maria sent us these letters and cards. Oh, my God. They're all custom. They're all personalized. One for me, one for Christine, one for Gio. Oh, my God. And they're like hand-cut bones on Gio. Like like card, different colored bones that she definitely cut by her hand on the Gio card. Mine has sequins on it. It's just so great. And Mine has different shakes and fraps on the back. Oh, my God. It's so cute. It's so nice. And then she wrote us this card. I've... It's like a very moving card. We were very moved. So, well, here's this. Okay. We also got a mini card for yeah. the podcast in general. So it says, hello, ladies and Geo. Here are some cards to show my appreciation for all the hard work you put into the podcast. I know it's a labor of love because telling the story of death is a really, really hard thing to do. Also, Geo's card should be sung out loud in your best rap beat. X-X-O-O-X-O, Maria. Well, so, Geo's your dog, so you get to rap right. it. No, that's not <clears throat> fair. You're I don't want to do it. Aren't you the rapper in the group? No, no. Oh, God. Here we go. You once were a dog who needed rescue. Now you're with two people who really love you. Your life is grand and you're on Twitter. You know those folks who hurt you? Don't be bitter. They're in your rear view where they belong. You got me rapping this rhyme? Know that you belong. Okay, to be fair, I hadn't read it before then. And you're very white. It, it will. Shows. <laughs> it shows. 
Baby G, such a good boy. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Maria. That was so kind. We're Aww. just uh, so in love with all of it. Also, I'm very jealous because Christine's card was in neon pink paper, and her, the C in Christine is entirely made of glued on sequins. I just keep finding sequins now on my pants and on my laptop. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, also, we have an update. We're now on Spotify. We are on Spotify. Yay! So that's really exciting. Um, also, we just, uh, the Two Girls, One Pup Pupcast, uh, we just started on that. Yes, we did. So you should go check that out. We talk about ghost dogs and uh, crime dogs and Scooby-Doo and all sorts of fun stuff. And for all the people who say that they like us because the way we talk to Geo, it's just a whole episode where we talk about Geo. Oh, sure, yeah. It's so, a Geo-centric episode. Yeah. yeah. So if you just really want to hear us talk about him, if you want to hear me beat Christine at some Scooby-Doo trivia by, like, a long shot. To be fair, you re- reviewed before the episode. Okay, to be fair, she told us it, Scooby-Doo was going to be involved. Why wouldn't I come with homework? Okay, that's fair. I'm just bitter. It's just, you know what? For someone who probably did better than me in school, it was nice to, like, blow you out of the water with some knowledge you keep kind of like um harping on this win you got it's like the only one i've got (laughs) it's not true let me have it all right um so i think that's all i have well people are actually really hung up about the dear david twitter yeah a lot of people are still they want to hear your take my take yeah uh someone says can you please direct dear david to trump tower (laughs) (laughs) people are making videos i mean this is wild so Oh, God. Okay. What? Apparently, David came back eight hours ago. He tweeted, he hadn't dreamt about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. In my dream, my bedroom was filled with hazy smoke, but I could see David sitting in the chair across the room. He was (gasps) smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Like his power hasn't grown back yet. And then he said, anyway, it feels like a bad omen. But then, I mean, not to play a skeptic, but at the same time, he has become pretty notorious for this character. Of course, he's going to dream about him for a second. Sure, but it's been months. Also, he's saging the rocking chair. Remember how the <laughs> rocking chair... <laughs> Geo, you're not making us comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, he saged the hallway where he saw the saw the figure, and he also saged the rocking chair that would rock on its own at the end of his bed. Absolutely not. One of his tweets, folks have been urging me to get some sage, so I did. <laughs> Good. Glad Smart you're listening. Man. Smart man. It is just creepy. Oh, my God. There's more photos. Okay, you guys have to go check it out. There's more updates. Wait, I want to see. I guess he posted this. Um, he said, left is with my phone, right is with my Polaroid. The hall light was on both times. <gasps> Why is it pitch black with the Polaroid? No. Anyway, so that is the update on that. You guys should go read the whole thing if you haven't. Uh, it's Moby underscore dickhead. And who knows if what is going on. But either way, it's fucking creepy. Yeah, I like, but he really could be messing with all of us. He could be, which is, I mean, I it's don't believe working. it. It's working. It's better than any of the movies out there about ghosts. I believe this a lot more. Oh, also, have you seen Annabelle? It just came out. Okay, That's a that, was, stupid that was a question. stupid question. Really stupid question. I really want to go. He looks so... No, it's like surprisingly doing well. I know. NPR said it was good, and I was like, fuck you, NPR. I'm not going to go On IMBD, it. it's um, IMDB. It's... Um, it hit like $35 million already or something. I'm never seeing that. The The movie that this Annabelle doll is in is the one I took a picture of at Warner Brothers. Mm. So I've already met her. Like, I knew her before the movie came out, so it's like no big deal. Oh, you're such a hipster. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Why are you drinking? I'm drinking because uh, Blaze and Alexander are gone. Are gone. I had to skip my trip to Boston because I'm sick. So I'm pretty bummed about that. And Blaze's family, it was going to be the first time I saw them after we got engaged. And we were going to do like a big like get together. And I had to miss it, which is a bummer. Um, Aw, we'll probably be drinking twice as much wine as normal. I'll be here all by my lonesome. But by the time this comes out, people will be here. So don't try and kill me. Oh, okay. That's just a warning to everybody. Right. I'm also ditching you. And then... Fucking Emma's ditching me, too, because she's going off to see her beautiful girlfriend. My number one. Our intern, Allison. <laughs> our groupie. She's really, like, like climbed the ladder pretty fast, hasn't she? She went from, oh, our friend in Tanzania in episode three. That's what you get when you're sleeping with the boss. You climb <laughs> all the way up the ladder. Soon she's going to be running this thing. <laughs> well, she will be internally, I guess, if she's our intern now. 
Anyway, I'm going to Seattle to see Allison. Em's going to Seattle to see Allison, and I'm going to be so here excited. all by myself. Oh, last time I saw her at a UTI on a campground. Oh, oh God. Things will be different this time, Things I will swear. be. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, and I'll be here alone, surrounded by all this merch that you guys better buy so I can actually get it out of my house because it's piling up. <laughs> <laughs> we just have, like, boxes of shit all over the place. Poor, Poor, I'm, I'm sitting between a lot of boxes right now. Poor Blaze is like, when will it stop? <laughs> <laughs> nope he signed up he never you trapped him that's all that matters listen i got the ring you got the ring so all right shall we do you have any other updates no scare me i don't oh i'm gonna scare myself because these notes are not good but like every weekend no but i like this time it's a little bad (laughs) we will see i feel like you can't start a podcast by saying this is gonna be really bad but I've been doing it for 28 other episodes, so why not? Why end now, you know? <laughs> That's fair. Um, the only reason I say it's bad is not my fault this week. It's really not. I'll be the judge of that. No, I looked high and low for history of this place, and all there are are ghost stories. So I guess that's good. Oh, that's not bad at all. But, like, there's no history. Like, I have no... There's nothing. Just tell me the story. Okay. It's the Jefferson Hotel in Jefferson, Texas. Mm-hmm. And Jefferson, Texas, is supposed to be one of the most haunted towns in America. Like, it's just supposed to be littered with paranormal activity. What? So you would think there'd be some history. I'm mad about it. Maybe it's always been haunted, so there's never been, like, a... Maybe. Like, there's a lake right next door to the Jefferson Hotel. And it, like, the lake alone, like, a hundred, over 170 people have died. I'm sorry, What? I know, but in there's the no history. Their only the only story they have is in uh, at some point back in like the 1800s. There was a steamboat crash, so 68 of those 170 people died oh, all at one time. And then a lot of other people died in the lake just from drowning. And then because it was um, a town that everyone traveled through a lot, a lot of people would use that as a place to dump the bodies of people they murdered. Oh, okay, so it was like a big dumping ground dumping ground that's really sad and that's like that's i have more history about the lake than i do about this hotel so there was like a a preview i'm if uh, you live in jefferson texas help me because i i'd like to know where these ghosts came from so anyway the jefferson hotel i will tell you what history i was able to find okay it was built on an indian site because of course told you it's probably always been haunted um the caddo c-a-d-d-o caddo uh indian community that that was like a bunch of tribes put together okay um they all lived on that land and then the 1800s it became a cotton warehouse oh that was 1851 is when they first built something on that land and then in the 1870s it started to convert from a cotton warehouse into a restaurant at the bottom which still exists in the 1870s it still exists oh my god and upstairs was a It was a restaurant and a laundromat downstairs and a bordello upstairs. Oh, sure. I actually didn't know what a bordello was. I was like, oh, Google, what is a bordello? And it was like brothel. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's like a fancy word for a brothel. I was like, ooh, that's a fancy brothel. Listen, it's a one-stop shop. You do your laundry, grab a sandwich. Did you know in Virginia it is, um, depending on where you are, it is illegal for more than five women to sleep in the same house because it's considered a brothel? Oh, shit. Which is why, like, sorority houses... Like, on college campuses, like, by by state definition, they're all brothels. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, so, in the 1870s, it was, you know, a bordello. Sure. Of sorts. And a lot of the um, women that worked up there would, gum- would come down to the laundromat in the restaurant and would grab customers from there and bring them upstairs. Uh, so can like, you imagine just, like, doing your laundry and you're like... They're like, hey, big boy. Hey. Trying to... Trying to go upstairs, stud. Look at those tidy whiteies. <laughs> I know where you can bring them. <laughs> Get them dirty all over again. Oh, no. So, um, I guess because so many people were already sleeping there, they are like, let's make it a hotel. So, <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's really... I'm just going to start making up my own history. I like your history. I like it, too. It makes sense. It's like when you told us about how you would do uh, school projects, where you're like, well, I guess this happened. Oh, that <laughs> really happened, though. I did a... Um, I did a book report on this book called Z is for Zachariah, and I didn't read 80% of it. 
Okay. But I reported about it like it was the best book I've ever read. And my teacher believed me. I was like, wow, that sounds really good. I might have to teach that to the class next semester. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> please, please don't <laughs> ever mind. read it. Please Never don't mind. ever open the book. I was kidding. Also, I feel like that's kind of what this podcast is. Shh, don't tell anyone. Oh, for sure. We're just like, listen to us talk. Where they're like, oh, we should go to that house. Em told some really cool ghost <laughs> stories. And I'm like, wait, no, no, it actually doesn't exist. <laughs> I made that up. Yeah. What? I made up ghosts. <laughs> all of them. Ghosts aren't There's real. There's never been one. Em made all of it up. Wouldn't that be the greatest surprise if at the end of this there was some scandal in the oh, tabloids man. about how you invented ghosts <laughs> i meant more like i'm actually not a believer at all or oh i'm sure the tabloids would really pick up on that well they'd pick up what if you were really a murderer okay it's may- the perfect crime i don't to, know if the tabloids as much as like to report on everyone else to keep the fingers away from you what if i murdered you okay let's change the subject oh you're about to give away your your ultimate yeah secret. i'm not doing a very good job being secretive right okay i can't wait you can just can't wait the, to find out check the tabloids in, in a few months <laughs> if i'm alive <laughs> um wow where were we oh yeah, yeah brothels <laughs> so they decided to um make a hotel and that was right right at the turn of the 1900s mm-hmm. um there are on record seven ghosts in this hotel but they're apparently every room has its own ghost oh god so the only thing i know about the town of jefferson is that it was a big steamboating city in the 1800s um a lot of people would travel through on um i I think to get to louisiana or to get to mississippi just like in that direction in that direction um the hotel was once called the crystal palace and during the roaring 20s it was a big place for people to go dancing and hang out cool um was it still a a bordello or was it no after it became a hotel it they they shut that it wasn't a laundromat or anything the the restaurant stayed but the rest of the whole building was just a hotel gotcha um so one of the people who died in this hotel her name was elizabeth and she hung herself in one of the rooms because she was supposed to be getting married that day and her husband ended up standing her up. And so she hung herself on the... Hanged herself. My bad. I'm I was not going to say anything. I'm not an idiot, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing so hard. I, I know. I was like, well, this is kind of hurtful. Um, she hanged herself on the headboard of her bed. Because, How? Because the headboards back then were built to be over 12 feet tall. <gasps> they were those really big ones. The really big ones. And that headboard is still on the beds what today. The f- Wait. Oh, my God. Why yeah. would you sleep in there? <laughs> Look. Ugh. I don't know. But so people will still, like, take pictures next to it. And uh-uh. I'm like, that's morbid. That's pretty fucked up. I wouldn't take a... I certainly wouldn't sleep under it either. No, for sure not. But so I guess the groom stood her up and she was also pregnant. <gasps> and during the 18... 18- 1890s like she didn't know what to do like you couldn't do anything nobody takes a pregnant spinster you're pretty much screwed so she handled things her way that's really sad and then like 15 years later or 20 years later or something right around right before 1915 i think it was 1912 there was another woman named lydia grisby who was also a fiance standing staying at the hotel whose husband wrote her and said he wasn't coming to their wedding, and she also hanged herself. Oh, my God. Um, and this time, she hanged herself from the chandelier in the room. Ew. Can you imagine walking in there? The weird thing to me is I think at least back then, chandeliers, if it was really fancy, they had, like, the hanging... The crystals. Yeah, the things that, like, they, like, clink together and everything. Mm-hmm. If you hanged yourself, you could, like, hear it. Yeah. Can like, you imagine swaying. walking in and it would be swaying? Ugh. That's like out of one of those haunted houses. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Blaze, want to get married oh at the... Uh, the Jefferson Hotel. The Jefferson Hotel. <laughs> no, you might make lucky number three. Sounds like things go really well there. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyway, there. So those are the two people who have definitely died there. And then there's also no record of it because I guess all the documents um, burnt in a fire. But also in the early 1900s, there was another woman. Um, I think she also was a bride and got stood up. Oh my god. I'm. I think. Um, I don't, they like, it was very hit or miss about her story, but what ended up happening is she was in the bath, the bathroom. Oh, she was taking a bath and then she killed herself and they don't know if it was like she cut her wrists or she, (gasps) oh no, she stabbed herself. What? Like just right in the chest. 
And then she ended up actually living in the tub for the next two days. Uh, M, no, thank you. And she died from the inflicting wounds two days after the fact. Um, but because she had stabbed herself so close to her throat, I guess she couldn't scream for help. Um, so she just sat in a bathtub for 48 hours and then died. So, and that was in room 19. Oh my God. But so room 19 happens to be the most active of all of the active rooms. Okay. So that's just for future reference. Um, People don't know how he got there, but people will also see a man, a ghost of a man, who is tall, wearing a long jacket. He tucks his pants into his boots, and he walks down the hallway and turns a corner, and if you ever try to follow him, you'll just, like, show up at a dead end or that's empty or a room that's totally empty. Like if you try to follow him, he'll totally go away. It's so creepy that there's no background on him, but multiple people see the same thing. So it's like, yeah. So everything that I found was in, um, like newspaper interviews Mm -hmm. and that man got brought up every single interview and they, it was either one was a manager of the hotel. One was a former manager of the hotel. One was an owner of part of the hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, but they all say that they've seen the exact same man. And people will, like, come up and say that they've seen him, and they'll always ask for a description, and it always matches up. Ugh, that's so creepy. Um, there are also ghosts of children, several children, um, and they apparently like to be on the lower floors more, and that's probably one of the theories of um, ghost patterns of how they um, live on the other side is that they still follow the blueprints of the building that they died in. Oh. So that's why a lot of times you'll think that ghosts are walking through, through walls. walls. It's right. because they're actually walking on a path that before our architecture, they're following the path that the house used to look like. Oh my God. So they think that the ghosts like the lower floors, because at the time um, when people were living on that property, it was just a one floor mm. um, building. That's like last episode when you talked about the kids, like looking out windows that weren't there. Yeah. A lot of the people who work there also say that they're jokesters and like pranksters. So they'll move a lot of objects, hide a lot of objects, which you and I both mm. know way too well. Too much of that. <clears throat> they will hide objects from guests as they're trying to check out. <laughs> That's so mean. Bastards. That's so mean. And uh, if you bring toys, because a lot of people, I guess, know that the place is haunted with ghost children. So they'll bring toys intentionally to try to entice them out. And oh. they will play with the toys if you bring them toys. Oh, God. Um, one psychic came and she said that a girl there, um, a girl that works there, or no, a girl that is a ghost there. A girl, uh, a girl that works as a ghost. Right, there. Yeah. Yep. Um, She's a seasonal employee. <laughs> um, they said that they met the girl and she was actually all the way from the cotton warehouse days. And they've oh. met another ghost girl who was from before anything was even built there. So like lived on the land. Oh my God. Um, also when comparing stories, just like how they'll ask multiple people about the man and what he looked like, they'll compare stories with a lot of visitors because just about everyone sees kids Mm. and, um, everyone, the most common thing that everyone says is they see a boy and a girl. The girl is seven and the boy is eight and the girl is wearing a pinafore pinafore. I feel like I know what that is and I don't remember what that is. Okay. Well, she wears one. She also wears... <laughs> Should we look it up? She is pinafore clad. She is pinaforific. Oh, okay. A collarless, sleeveless dress. Oh, harlot. Tied or buttoned in the back and typically worn as a jumper over a blouse or sweater you spoke too soon. Yeah. Oh. I mean, but think about like back in the day. They would it looks wear- like an apron. It's like a jumper. It's like, you know, it's like an overall apron. We wore those in, in school, in elementary in school. No, in Cincinnati. Oh. They were like plaid and they were jumpers, we called them. Oh, it's the thing you wear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Over a blouse. It's an overall dress. It's it's an overall dress. It's a jumper. Is but that a- what an overall dress is? Yeah. Okay, so it's you're a, agreeing with me. A pinafore. Okay. It's not an overall dress because that implies that it's made of denim. No, it's overalls without the legs. Whatever. It's a jumper. I used to have overalls with little alligators on them. That's cute. Yeah. Well, I couldn't wear it now, could I? Glad we can agree on that. So the girl wears a pinafore. She also wears a white leotard. And she wears black high top button boots. Whoa, that's pretty bad. Like today, that would be really uh, very like trendy. steampunk. Yeah, it's very like 90s revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the boy wears knee-high breeches. Nope, he lost. And nothing else. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ooh, it's, 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 
Um, <laughs> uh, and then one of the quotes that people have is, they weren't considered fancy clothes during the time they were everyday clothing um, for when those kids were alive. But to me, that's still fancy clothing. Like, when yeah. I was little, I was lucky if I wore clothes. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering I had my alligator overalls and nothing else. Say, it sounds like you were all set. I was taken <laughs> care of. Um, I also wore a lot of, like, onesie pajamas with, like, the, the um, long john butt. Like yeah, the yeah. flap. Those were great. My mom that was pretty much all I ever my wore. My mom always put me in those like crazy German like nineties dresses that were just like gigantic and had like Did, did your brother have later hosen? I mean, he does now. He didn't uh, back then. Uh, that's awesome. No, it's not. Don't get me started. Um when I was little should have been a sign, but my mom when she first had me wanted to put me in like all of the like frilliest night like like Straight up, like, Christian Dior, like, no, thanks. fanciest, ruffliest, pinkest baby dresses that ran for, like, hundreds of dollars for one piece. Ew. And I would just, like, vomit all over them and <laughs> drool all over them. And I was like, get me out of this. That's funny you said that because my mom stopped putting me in white because every time I wore white, I would vomit all over <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, so Maybe that's why neither of us wear white now yeah. maybe it's just like a like a trained I, thing of like absolutely. oh i'll throw up if i have to wear i white. will spill wine all over my clothes <laughs> oh yeah it was just foreshadowing yeah you know when i was um five uh a boy asked me to be his girlfriend and i laughed so hard i threw up on him <laughs> <laughs> oh you had wine in your mouth sorry <laughs> that's why i don't wear white <laughs> um that was a good time oh good anyway um. They weren't wearing fancy clothes for their time, but they certainly were for us. You know, I'm going to look at my kids in the future and, like, analyze their every movement. Because, like, now that we talk about oh, yeah. our childhoods and I'm like, how did my mom not see? And now it's like... It's like, I better see. Mm. If I put my daughter in a dress or my son in a dress, who cares? Yeah. And they throw up, I'll be like, well, it's not their style. That's fine. <laughs> Let's put them in uh, a pinafore yeah. and see what happens. Uh, we'll put them in some alligator overalls. Pinafores. I loved mine. Um, so these kids will giggle... Um, to each other, so you'll like hear whisper giggling. Oh no! Kids will play with each other, like kids will play with the ghosts, and you'll be like, "Who are you playing with?" Oh god! Uh, they will tug on people's hair as like a hello. Nope. They will turn the lights on and off, um, the opposite of whatever you wanted. So if you're walking away from <laughs> like a dark room, they'll turn them back on, so you have to go back in and turn them off, or vice versa. I much prefer that than to walk into a room and have the lights turn off. Oh yeah, that's like, true. It's a lot creepier that that's way. That's true. Um, they actually are really well behaved because if they're frustrating you too much and you shout at them, they'll fix whatever they were doing. Aww. It's like, aww. Poor babies. So I guess the manager has to go in every now and then early or stay really late. And there have been times where as soon as she will walk away, the lights will turn off and she has to go back and turn the lights back on and they'll keep doing it nonstop. And eventually she'll just be standing in the dark and be like, all right, children, enough is enough. And then they'll turn the lights on. All right, children. Like, all right now. And she doesn't have to even walk over to the switch I'll turn on by itself. Oh, my God. And, like, fix itself. She has to, like, scold the children. I know. It's so cute. <laughs> She's like, this is not part of my job description. <laughs> I was like, I did not sign up to be a mother. Thank you. Babysitter. <laughs> um, so one of the things in the lobby is that, you know how most hotels will have, like, a guest book? Mm-hmm. Do they still? I don't think they do anymore. Maybe, like, a bed and breakfast or something. Maybe. Have it. Well, they still have guest books at the Jefferson Hotel. Okay. But they have binders of a specific guest book category and it's just paranormal <gasps> cool. experiences and they call it the book of dead or the book of death or something that's like that. the creepiest thing to call it yep but okay but so like if you really like that stuff and you're a guest at the hotel you can even check out an entire <gasps> binder and bring it upstairs with you and like read everyone's experiences Ooh, that's so cool yeah but apparently it's been around for decades and um they still so like cool. they encourage staff and guests to write anything that they have so creepy some of the things from the Book of Dead are as follows. Uh, in December 2014, one girl was staying in room 17, and she said, Everyone took a shower before me, and only whenever I showered, the words get out would appear on the mirror in steam. Uh, and then she said, Oh my God. The next morning, there was nothing there. We turned the heater off, and throughout the night, it would be scorching hot and then freezing cold all on its own, no matter what we did with the thermostat. That sounds creepier than children. There have been a lot of people who have said that, like, the mirrors will spell things. Mm-mm. And it will even spell it, not not the words will be in reverse, but it'll happen in reverse steam-wise. So if you're taking a shower, the only thing in the mirror that will be steamed is the writing. 
so like the whole window will stay clean with no condensation or anything and just oh so the condensation will will only go on the letters yeah oh no and then vice versa where there'll be just steam and then like it looks like someone like wrote out it with their fingers yikes so you never know what you're gonna get um and then one of the other ones um december 2012 a visitor was staying in room eight and said I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a little girl sitting on my bed. She was a small child, and she said her name was Sarah, and she was waiting on her birthday. She said she wanted to be an artist, and then she faded away. <gasps> Baby. That freaks me out. That's so sad. Um, another thing, like, I guess a lot of the managers have said that they're just used to people sleeping in the lobby. Because, <laughs> like, so many ghosts will wake people up in the middle of the night. Where... Oh, my God. Um, one of the quotes from the previous owner was... We have a lot of people creeped out. We've had people leave in the middle of the night or sleep on the couch in the lobby. Some people say they feel touches or will hear people talking to them in their rooms. And they think it's their wives, but their wives are sound asleep or vice versa. No, thanks. So that would suck if we, like, spent the night in a hotel and all of a sudden I heard you talking to me. And I'm, like, rolled over facing the wall and having a whole conversation with you. And then I turn over and you're asleep. That is out of a horror movie. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, I'm out. That is straight out of a fucking horror movie. (laughs) I'd be like, and we're done. And then I'd be pissed that you left me in there alone to go sleep in the lobby. I'd be like, you're clearly fine. (laughs) You're clearly better off than I am right now. See ya. Fair point. Um, So a lot of things that people uh, experience are whispers out of nowhere. Orchestra music will... um, come out of a closed dining hall that hasn't been open in a long time just orchestra music coming out of there and they open the door and it's just like dark and no clearly no one's been in there which is weird because that was also in the white house the bush daughters heard orchestra music coming out of the fireplace um knocks on the wall and headboards the smell of cigar smoke when no one's allowed to smoke anywhere near there faucets will turn on by themselves doors pull back and then will get pushed shut Mm. all on their own um children have been heard laughing and romping around the hotel on floors that no longer exist what um footsteps on the stairs when the hotel is empty people have felt shoulders tapped and their hair tugged ghostly orbs and pictures phantom figures that appear in the middle of the night oftentimes sitting on their bed Uh -uh. um knocking on uh the doors for people to open and not see anyone there windows opening and shutting by themselves um, the manager said that a lot of times she will sit at the front desk and she will see like, I guess the way that the desk works is like if someone in their room calls you, their light will go on. Okay. So she'll sit there and when she knows that they're vacant rooms, the switchboard will just keep lighting up as if rooms are talking to each other. Okay. Nope. Um, that's not okay. Dishes move by themselves and you can hear them clinging in the kitchen, even though all the staff is gone. The payphone in the hall will ring by itself and then hang up on you when you pick it up. Ew, the payphone ringing by itself. That's so creepy. The television will turn off by itself. Things will fall when no one's around them. Um, People have been cuddled (gasps) Uh, 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 uh. when they go into a room by themselves. Nope. Nope. Um, Other than that, I have stories for different rooms. Okay. In room five, there's a story of a couple whose son woke them up in the middle of the night because the man with the long coat wouldn't leave him alone. <gasps> and he was sleeping on one of the rollaway beds. And the one I guess, with the, the pants that went into the boots? Yeah. Oh, God. He kept poking the little boy to keep him awake. And then the little boy woke his parents up and was like, that man won't leave me alone. Why would you take your kid there? That's traumatizing. I don't know. But that's like one of the big stories now that the little boy kept seeing him and he wouldn't let him go to sleep. That reminds me of your story with Deirdre where like you were on the rollaway bed. Oh, you mean when I saw a possession? Yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> Deirdre, are you listening? She was possessed. You're not here to defend that now. She was possessed. Um, okay, and then room 20. Two older women were staying there and they kept getting woken up to the sound of running water and they kept having to go take turns turning off the faucet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually right in front of them, when they went to go turn off the faucet again, all of the, the shower turned on behind them too. Like just to be like, fuck you, you can't turn off the faucet if I don't want you to. Fucking terrifying. Um, and then you'd think someone was in the shower behind you. That's so creepy. Oh, I didn't even think about that. To hear the shower. I would have just been like ghost. It's a ghost. I would have been like, someone's going to stab me. And that's why we do these separate parts of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) In room 21, a guy and his friend were spending the night. And then in the middle of the night at 3.45 in the morning, he woke up and uh, this this one would creep me out. He had locked the room. All the lights were off. And when he woke up at 3.45, he couldn't move. So it was like a sleep paralysis kind of uh, thing. Uh. And he, all of a sudden, he says he experienced a loud rushing sound filled in his ears. 
So that it was just white noise that was getting louder and louder. And then he felt as if he had been like plugged into like an electrical socket. Like his, like his whole body was like doing that white noise, fuzzy feeling. Like tingly. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme goosebumps, the inability to speak or move. And he felt the bed de- like depress. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt someone scooch into him uh-uh. and spoon, like be his big spoon. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And he said chills were racing up and down his back, and he thought maybe it was his friend trying to, like, be funny or something like that. And he opened his eyes, and his friend was in front of him, sleeping ahead of him. And so he was trying to scream and, like, move his arm to, like, wake his friend up, and he couldn't do it. And then eventually he was able to, like, muster out a scream, and his friend woke up, and the feeling, like, went away. My body is not happy with that story. I have chills. Then, in room 23, one girl woke up... uh, about three in the morning also because she heard scratching and banging in the room above her as if someone was moving furniture and the people in the room next to her had the exact same experience and when they both went down to complain about it they were saying that no one was upstairs and there's no furniture in that room that's weird that both of them reported it yeah no they met each other at the boot at the in the lobby to complain at the same time how creepy in room 24, a wife woke up at 5 in the morning, and she uh, got up and went to the hallway to make coffee. And as she turned, she noticed the man. In the man? Long, the oh, man. Oh, no. Not like the government, no. <laughs> <laughs> she found Big Brother <laughs> Big amongst brother all of us. Big Brother was standing in the hallway. <laughs> uh, she found the man with the long jacket in the foyer, and he was turning down the hall. And so she went to go follow him, and uh, the doors opened right in front of her. She saw him pushed the door she saw him push the door open and when she went to go follow him and turn the corner he was gone and the door swung shut by itself no it's like she watched him push the door open but when she got there the door closed by itself also the main room is uh room 19 which is where the girl stabbed herself in the bathtub for two days no Uh, a man told his wife to go back to sleep when she woke him up about um seeing a blonde woman uh who kept grabbing her arm and touching her hair while they were trying to sleep. That is absolutely... And a hus- what kind of man are you to be like, go back to bed? <laughs> Not be like, uh, we're getting out of here. You're just dreaming. If anyone woke me up and was like... If you woke me up and you were like, by the way, this happened, I'd be like, oh, we're leaving. Even Blaze, if I woke Blaze up and I was like, a woman is stroking my hair, he'd at least turn the fucking lights on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, So uh, another thing that happens in room 19 is that the shower, the the mirror in there will also fog up, but it apparently spells help. And then in another place, it spells red rum. But get this. Red rum? Are you fucking kidding me? So they think because it was so haunted, somebody put like a consistent adhesive on. They think someone fucked with the mirror because everyone, without a doubt, always sees it. And they're like, this is too convenient. And because why would red rum be uh-huh. on like such a pop culture reference like oh someone from the 1800s predicted the shining (laughs) so but so then they it's still freaked them out enough that they moved rooms and went into room 12 oh god and um they and the husband who doesn't believe in anything said that he couldn't sleep all night because he kept seeing shadows dart across the crack under the doors if someone was walking by it all night and he kept hearing random banging whenever the shadow would stop next to their room Uh uh-uh and then all of a sudden, he said he saw shadows um, slither under their floor <gasps> and uh-uh. end up in their room. And he watched shadow people walking on, like, at the foot of their bed all night. Um, and a hand was lightly caressing the back of his leg um, up and down while he laid in bed trying to sleep. I have to sleep here alone tonight. So then he went to go complain about that to the people up front and was like, "I thought room twelve wasn't supposed to be scary." And they were like, "No, but we moved the we moved." Uh, the bed from room 14 into room 12 and that bed was the one that elizabeth hung herself on hanged herself shut the fuck up okay and he didn't know that beforehand when you were saying like the shadows walking underneath the door i was thinking well at least they can't get in the door and then all of a sudden you were like that's out of a fucking nightmare (laughs) i know a horror movie and a lot of people have seen a blonde woman um, roaming and floating. Mm-mm. So for him to think something was touching his leg and for the person in the last story to have seen a blonde woman. Oh, that was the same room. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, people also see a lot of what they like guests in weird clothing walking up and down the hall. Right. Um, but um, they'll like blink and that person's gone, but they'll still feel like someone bumped into them and no one's next to them. Ooh. But they'll do the whole movement of feeling someone shove into them. And they'll also feel like gusts of wind get blown at them, even like in the middle of a room that 
like the t- there's no mm-hmm. doors, no windows. The temperature isn't like going crazy. They'll just feel a gust of wind in the middle of a room. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors and windows will also close on their own and unexplained temperature drops, like drastic drops, like 20 degrees within five minutes. Not, then it'll keep going back and forth. Um, visitors will experience sudden cold chills, odors with no discernible origin, phantom footsteps, voices, and strange apparitions all in room 19, including um, the the regular um, steam-written notes right. in the mirror. Right. Um, a lot of people will also hear children running around the room when they're outside of the room and if they like they're assuming a family's in there mm-hmm. and then they'll see like a maid come out and there's no family in there at all. and that's that that's fucking creepy yes how have i never heard of this place i don't know maybe because there's no such thing as any history to it whatsoever just the ghost stories the jefferson hotel jefferson hotel Ugh. in jefferson texas i mean even the history of it being like a, a indian burial ground then a bra then a cotton warehouse then a brothel then a hotel like it already has i thought there would be like some more shady shit going on with the brothel i would have thought for sure there was like a sex worker who died there i mean probably if that's maybe probably. maybe the man walking around was like Ooh. a bad guy if he's waking up kids in the rooms so to like wake a child up and not let them go to sleep maybe he's like get out this is not <laughs> child friendly yeah. i don't know but the fact that there are all those children running around, too, is kind of creepy. I know. With their buckles and their lederhosen or their whatever it is. buckles. <laughs> what is it? Pinafore? My, their pinafores. Their pinafores. My pilgrim shoes that I wore in seventh grade. Oh, maybe they make an appearance. Oh, God. They probably do. Anyway. All right. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink daylight saving time is starting up again it may feel like there are more hours in the day but if you're hiring it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner there's only one way to do that zip recruiter right now you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm ready for you to scare the pants off me. Yeah? Well, let's see what you can do. At least metaphorically, right? Metaphorically, you always do. Good. You have yet to do it literally, and that's the day I'm waiting on. Someday. I'm really working my way up the ladder. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you a story about uh, Peter Thomas Anthony Manuel, a.k.a. the Beast of Birkinshaw. Oh. He is a notorious serial killer from Scotland. Okay. Well, I do like a good Scottish man. Hashtag CK. Hashtag CK. Although I do keep doing these, um, you know, UK stories and then like fucking up their geography and our language so hopefully I Wales don't... is not in England Wales is not in England that's all we know we don't know how to pronounce things in Welsh <laughs> but this story was actually suggested to me by my brother Alexander who is currently on a plane to Germany and just texted Germany me. is also not in England it is not thank you he texted me a few moments ago that uh he got a free glass of wine on his flight so, team wine. Oh, okay. Um, and he also suggested this because he is going to Lithuania next week. And Brian Cox, who played Hannibal Lecter in the movie Manhunter, used this guy, Peter Thomas Anthony Manuel, as an inspiration for his character. Yeesh! Okay, but I'm ready. Big circular story. But basically, point is, my brother suggested this, so thank you, Alexander. Um, so, I'm going to tell you about Peter Thomas Anthony Manuel, who I'm now going to call... Peter Manuel. Okay. Or the Beast. Or the Beast. Beast of Birkenshaw. Okay. I keep wanting to say Birkenstock. That's also German. I I sure know that. (sighs) Okay, so Peter Manuel was born to Scottish parents in New York City in 1927, but the family moved back to Scotland in 1932. Uh, Manuel was bullied as a child, and by the age of 10, he was known to local police as a petty thief. Uh Uh-oh. So by age 10, he was already kind of a little trouble child. Hmm. Little rabble rouser. Little rabble rouser. Little hooligan. At 16, he committed a string of sexual attacks. Oh, so went, Lord. went downhill from there. Um, and he actually went to Peterhead Prison for nine years because of those. Oh. So he came out of prison um, at age 25, which, well, it is interesting to me, too, that in the uh, 40s, he was sent away for almost a decade for sexual crimes because I feel like that was not as. Especially in the 40s. Right? In the 40s, you must have done something really horrible that to actually even be me. considered a, a sexual criminal. Definitely. That surprised me. And especially because he was a minor. Like, it really surprised me. But yeah, in, the 80, in the 40s, when you just be like, oh, well, women deserve this. Some, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Say, right. So it just really surprised me. But it does say, there aren't any details, but it does say a string of sexual attacks. So, I mean, it must have been pretty darn bad. Um, so the following year... Oh, I'm sorry. In 1955, he was charged with rape, um, but he served as his own defense and managed to successfully acquit himself. Okay. 
The following year, on January 2nd, 1956, a 17-year-old girl named Anne Neelans was planning to go out dancing, but her date was suffering from a... Just get ready. Hogmanay hangover. Uh-huh. Do you know what that is? A Hogmanay? Hogmanay? No. I think I'm saying that right. It's a Scottish New Year's Eve celebration. Oh, well. Hogmanay. The only thing worse than that is an Irish celebration. But I'm... An Irish... No, like an Irish hangover. Aren't they like the worst? I don't know. We're starting probably a war over there. Oh, okay. So apparently her date was suffering from a Hogmanay hangover. Scottish okay. New Year's Eve celebration hangover. So a celebration you would love to be a part of, I'm sure. That I'm a part of without even knowing it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. January 2nd. So he didn't show up. Peter Manuel saw her, Anne, leave a friend's house and began following her. He chased her through a golf course until he caught up with her. She was apparently terrified running from him. Uh, he raped her and he bludgeoned her to death with an iron bar. Oh my God. Um, at this point, Manuel was known locally as a sex offender, so police decided to question him. Duh. Uh, he was working for a local gas company laying pipes. When he went to work a couple of days after the murder, he had scratches all over his face and some of his clothes were missing, but he told police that he had been in a fight on Hogmanay, oh. on his Hogmanay celebration. Um, so police, when police went to his home and questioned him, his father gave an alibi for him mm-hmm. and the police left him alone. Okay. So he got off scot-free. Nine months later, on September 17th, 1956, Marion Watt, aged 45, her 16-year-old daughter, Vivian, and her sister, Margaret Brown, were shot and killed point-blank in their beds. Oh, no. Uh, So Manuel was currently out on bail for breaking and entering nearby, but police actually suspected Marion's husband, William, who was away on a fishing trip. They assumed he had driven about 90 miles, faked a break into his house, murdered his family, and driven back. What? The ferryman claimed to have seen him on the ferry during the night, even though the route that he would have had to take on the ferry was out of the way. It wasn't even, like, the shortest way to get back to their house. Mm. And a driver also claimed to have seen him. So William Watts, the husband, was arrested and held on remand in prison, but it turns out the ferryman who said he saw him was confused about the car he had seen. Okay. And the other witness, who was a driver, admitted that he only identified him in the lineup based on how he was holding his cigarette. Uh, okay. So then they looked into his car, and it was established that the level of gas in his car had not changed overnight, mm-hmm. as in he hadn't driven anywhere. Uh, the police then searched gas stations along the route to question employees, searched for a hidden stash of gasoline, but found nothing. But still, they kept him in prison because he was their number one suspect. So he stayed in prison for 67 days. And then when he was released, he still remained the prime suspect. All right. For now. For now. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> um, on December 8th, 1957, the body of a taxi driver named Sidney Dunn was found on the moorlands. He had been shot at close range and had his throat slit. Uh, like, what's... Why, why both? I don't know. And there's no reasoning. It's not, like... I don't know. And is there any relation between any of these people or it's just nearby? People yeah. are nearby. At this point, there was no relation. Okay. So I'm sort of telling these in like a, a chronological style where later they kind of piece it all together. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, it's almost like a TV show. Like all these things are happening and they don't know how they're connected. And then later they kind of put it all together. Okay. Basically, they connected this guy to the murder just because he, Manuel, had been in that town in that jurisdiction for a job interview. So they were like, well, maybe he has something to do with it, but they had no evidence. Um, so they never tried him for it on December 28th, 1957. So this is just 20 days later, 17 year old Isabel cook went missing from her home. Oh my God. In Carrick drive, Mount Vernon, which is the same street. (laughs) Tam McGraw would later live on. Oh, do you know who that is? Tim McGraw. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I thought, but no. Oh. Tam McGraw. Oh. No. Because, like, Tim McGraw lives in Scotland? I was like, Tim McGraw is... That is a very non-country thing to do. He's really pulling <laughs> off that accent. I know. That wow, fake like, accent. Your southern <laughs> accent is really, like, kicking it up in Scotland, apparently. Oh, this is where Scottish people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish are like, who the fuck is Tim McGraw? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Who Tam is- McGraw is apparently an infamous gangster in like a notorious gangster in scotland so he was oh, like a violent yeah, I did not dude know that. me neither 
Okay. So the case of Isabel going missing went unsolved for now. Okay. Dun, dun, for dun. Now. Got it. So the next thing that happened, this is where it gets fucked okay. up. Early morning, New Year's Day of 1958, Peter Smart, his wife Doris, and their 11-year-old son Michael were shot to death <gasps> in their beds. No! Similarly to the Watts murders. It turns out Manuel had killed them, then decided to stay in their home for nearly a week. What? Not only did he stay there, but he would come and go as he pleased. Like he lived there. Yeah, he like lived there and would go and leave. Uh, he opened... So neighbors at this time were... Later, they were interviewed, and they were like, yeah, like, lights would go on and off. Like, we didn't suspect anything, because, like, curtains were being opened and closed. Lights were going on and off. Um, he drove their car around. Uh, he ate their New Year's leftovers. Uh, their, what's it called again? Hog. Uh, hog. Da, da, hog. Hog. Hogmanay. Hogmanay. That sounds right. Hogmanay. Hogmanay. <laughs> never. I've never heard of that word until God. today. Okay, so he ate their Hogmanay leftovers. What, are, what is a Hogmanay leftover compared to a, a normal New Year? I don't know. What's a New Year leftover, though? Like New champ- Year leftover. champagne, right? <laughs> no, there's no leftovers no, when Christine's no, that's nearby. True. That's true. You don't <laughs> no, have five I would just days think it's like, like Christmas leftovers, like ham or... Oh, like a ham? I would imagine that's about right. Like ham and like just normal sides, like potatoes and... That sounds right. Gravy. But then like in New Year's is... You make you finally make new stuff because you've been eating all the Christmas the leftovers. Same things, yeah. So it's like still the same. It's like basically a an extra round of Thanksgiving and Christmas. I sure think they don't put marshmallows on their sweet potatoes. Probably not. It's definitely a thing they don't do there. Okay. Because when I first saw that here, I was like, "What the? F- yeah, but isn't fuck? it so much better?" Okay, don't answer that. No comment. Um, but also, they don't have Thanksgiving there. But they do have Christmas. That's true. There. They don't have Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe it's like their Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe. We'll have to ask CK. I don't know. They're all like, "What is wrong with you guys?" But <laughs> well, they're asking like, "What the hell is Thanksgiving?" And we're like, "What is Hogmanay?" They're probably like, "We know about Thanksgiving because this is a Westernized country where America <laughs> just like shoves everything in our faces." <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. But and yeah. then we're in denial about all the horrible shit we actually did on oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Like, we didn't do that. No. We just eat turkey. That's all. No. Indian burial grounds what? <laughs> it's fine. Anyways. Um, okay. So, he ate their uh, New Year's marshmallow sweet potatoes. Right. To say the least. And he even fed their cat. Oh, kind. Which I'm like... <sighs> like, the 11-year-old boy was too much effort. But the cat was good. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, after a few days, he decided to take some brand new banknotes that the Smarts had put aside for a family vacation Aww. and left with the family car. So the dad was like storing away money for a family trip he was going to plan with a family. Aww. So this guy, Manuel, took the banknotes and took the family car and drove out of the neighborhood. Then he decided to pick up a local police officer who needed a ride Ugh. in their family car. No. And this guy was investigating Isabel Cook's disappearance. So the woman I mentioned earlier, the young girl who uh, was 17 and where Tim McGraw slash Tim McGraw lived on her street and Mm -hmm. she went missing. So they talked about it in the car. And um, Manuel, (laughs) while they were chatting, Manuel told the officer he thought the police weren't looking in the right places. Hmm. So he is a bona fide narcissist. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But this is where he gets a little too cocky. So, so far it's, like, worked where he's evaded people enough. But I feel like this is one of those things that happens where psychopaths who are also serial killers, kind of their undoing is that they, like, go too far. Like, they think they're so smart that they won't get caught. They overlook how cocky they're becoming. Yeah. So what he did was, although he was normally broke, he started spending the money he had stolen from this family left and right at local pubs. So he was, like, Mm. going to bars in town and spending a shit ton of money and a bartender became suspicious and called the police and the banknotes were brand new because the this guy peter smart that he had killed had just gotten them out of the bank so they were brand new banknotes that he was storing so they traced them back to peter smart and a bunch of people in the bar id'd him id'd manuel and were like yeah that's a guy who was at the bar with us so they linked them 
And um, they finally arrested him and charged him with seven murders. Holy crap. I know. After he was arrested, uh, he basically became an open book. Like, he wanted to tell them exactly what happened. He's like, well, if you're going to know, you might as well know the right information. Mm-hmm. He's like, look what I did. So, Isabel, who I was just talking about, who disappeared from her house, um, it turns out her body uh, was only discovered after Manuel led detectives to the exact spot in a f- plowed field where he had buried her. And he's reported to have told police, you're standing on her <gasps> when they found when they oh, went to the right spot. No. Uh, apparently he had stalked, raped, and strangled her, and then buried her in the field. Oh my god, that's horrible. He decided to serve as his own defense again, because again, he's narcissistic and right. thinks he can outsmart right, right. everyone. Um, but he was unable to convince the judge of his insanity plea. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. Yeah. Um, he, here's some of the things that he actually claimed while in court. He claimed that Peter Smart, the father who he had stolen, the, who he had mm-hmm. shot... Uh, had gone on a spree and killed his family and then himself, and that Peter Smart had been a friend of his who had given him keys to the Smart house, so he was just going over with his keys that his buddy Peter had given him after Peter had murdered his whole family. What the fuck? And he was just going over to feed the cat and hang out. Like, it just didn't make any sense, basically. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Um, In May 1958, Manuel was convicted of seven murders, um, although many... Uh, who followed the case believe he killed up to 15 people, and he actually admitted to, I believe, 18. Um, he was hanged at Barlany Prison in Glasgow on July 11th, 1958. He was only 31 years old. Wow, and he'd already done all that. He had, like, slaughtered families. Shit. Um, his last words yeah. were reportedly, turn up the radio and I'll go quietly. I wonder what song was playing. I feel like it's... Maybe, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like he's being trying to be deep, but, like... I feel No, I feel like he's just trying to have, like, one last chance of control. He's like, turn up Bob Dylan and I'll go. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, 17 days after he was hanged, a coroner's jury looked into the taxi driver murder. Remember that guy, Sidney yeah. Dunn? Um, and then they made the realization that Manuel had, in fact, murdered Dunn after a button found in the taxi was matched to one of uh, Manuel's jackets. Oh, wow. So they convicted him of that after he'd already been hanged. But it's still contested just because it's kind of up in the air because he's already dead. Right. And, you know, whatever. Um, and that's that. That's this fucking guy. That's horrible. What a fucking terrible... That's the Beast of Birkinshaw. Well, yeah. Oh, and he was never convicted of... Um, Anne Nealon's murder. He was never convicted of her murder because they said, police said there wasn't enough evidence. And that's the one where he had scratches on his face. How do you know, how is that the one without enough evidence? It was before there was DNA or anything like that. So there was no way to check whether she had DNA. It was awful. So that was the one that people believe he did that he was not convicted of, which is so sad. So when he killed that family, did he bury them or anything? Or was he just like traipsing around their house with dead bodies just hanging around? Oh, they were in their beds. Which is also fucked because he was like, oh, yeah, um, he's just a friend of mine. I was just coming over to feed the cat every day. And they're like, wait. (laughs) So they were all dead in their beds and you were just coming over to feed the cat. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So they were just in their beds. So he just became, he just went way too far. But, like, a big thing in articles that I read, like, a, a big theme was, like, if he had been, he should have been caught earlier. His dad gave an alibi and it wasn't. There was plenty of evidence, you know, geez, pointing to him. But instead, he ended up killing, you know, 16 more people or whatever, whatever the case may be. But Fuck. yeah, so that's the beast of Birkinshaw. Birkinshaw. And thank you, Alexander, for your recommendation. Aw. Well, there's that there's on that. that. There is that. That there is. Anything else we have to cover? You know what? Nope. Uh, before I forget and before it's too late for you guys, uh, our next listeners episode is in two weeks from right now yes. from when this gets posted. So you have two weeks to submit your stories. Um, we also, if you didn't catch it the last time we have a new Patreon level, yes. um, we have some new things happening. We're making videos. We're making videos. This isn't even like tip of the iceberg of stuff we're going <laughs> to do. We're just slowly being able to be able to do more because... Right. You guys are helping out so much. Right. But we have some pretty fun things coming, some very weird things coming. They're mainly um, being pushed by me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm into it. 
Uh, um, yeah, we're all into it. We also have merch that's ready to go. So please, by all means, visit our shop. Yeah. That's all on my end. Next week is episode 30. Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zen breathe. <laughs> all right. Lamaz. <laughs> ready? And, and that's, that's why, why we drink. drink. We're so good. That was actually very so good. good. By number 30, we'll be 100% of. <laughs> Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP.